You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everybody. This is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And we're back for another great interview, again, focusing in our special series on the Enneagram, um, which fits this podcast perfectly when we're talking about shedding our limiting labels and beliefs and the limiting stories that we tell ourselves. This week, we are joined by Shannon O'Connor. Um, Shannon is a mother of two and grandmother of two. She loves running and kayaking. And for the past, past 15 years, Shannon's worked in mental health full-time with adults in the nursing department and in direct care. And that's influenced, um, it's had a number of influences on her own growth and journey, which also include using the Enneagram. She, she's learning and working on even deeper how to confront and work through dysfunctional family relationships and powerfully to find her voice. And a lot of things happen when we find our voice because she's working on giving healthy boundaries for herself in her relationships and strengthening those relationships, but always speaking up when she needs to assert herself as a nine. And she'll talk about that. And, um, she likes to grow and continue learning. One of her favorite um, places to do that is on the Adam Young, the place where we find ourselves podcast. Now, I appreciate her letting me know that because I have not heard that podcast and I am a podcast junkie. So I'm going to be checking it out with that as our short introduction. Welcome, Shannon. Hi, thank you. Hey, I'm, I'm so glad to have you here. Um, before we went live, Shannon was telling me she lives in Buffalo and I was just getting cold talking to her. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I want to know, I want to ask you the same question that I ask um, every guest when we start. And is there something that you do every day that keeps you living true to your own goals and purpose, Shannon, keeps you focused on you? Um, so, yeah, there is. I, I really enjoy um being physically active and outdoor activities. So the running um, in the summer, I like, love to kayak. I love hiking, all of those kind of things. I think being outside helps me stay grounded in a lot of different ways. And also my faith in God, um, I, I definitely cherish that and have really get a lot of meaning out of my relationship to God. Great. Um, and a question about your kayak. Do you sea kayak or are you lakes kayak? I'm guessing being in New York, you've got I'm like access. five minutes from Lake Erie. So, <laughs> so I, I have, I usually, um, I rent out a, a storage space where I can just go over and, and take my kayak out on the lake whenever I want. Sweet. So that's like my favorite thing in the summer. <laughs> nice. Well, and, but you know, Lake Erie, those lakes are big. They can get choppy and windy and stuff. So. Absolutely. Not, yeah, Absolutely. how exciting. Cool. Um, well, I would like if you would start us off by sharing a bit about your background and your own growth journey to reaching the Enneagram. What was that path? Um, so I had only heard about the Enneagram about two years ago and 
and I it's I couldn't believe how long it had been around. But then I started looking into it more and found out that I could become a coach and get certified with it. And that was something I'd never considered anything, you know, as far as starting a business or anything. Um, and because I, you know, I'm I'm pretty locked into my position with my job. And so I I was realizing that as I learned more about the Enneagram about and about myself, I was realizing how powerful a tool it is to help other people. And I really, um, I focused a lot on understanding some of my own weaknesses in that and what that meant, like asserting myself. And um, for me, it was anger is never okay. I can't assert, assert myself in relationships and especially within my own family. And um, I guess I just really struggled I, my whole life with that. And so I started to delve into that more and kind of spend more time understanding like, okay, how can I change some of those weaknesses in me so that my relationships are stronger with my kids, with my fam my immediate family. Um, and so that's, that's where I was coming, coming from. And my background in mental with mental illness, um, working in that environment, I guess I, I was, it's dawned on me over the years that every single one of us has trauma, whether it's through childhood or in our adulthood. And, and I realize it's to, just to varying degrees, but we all learn coping skills because of it. And a lot of times those are toxic and dysfunctional. So for me, it was this self-discovery of, oh, this is where I kind of got stuck. And there's codependency with you know, a parent, there's, there's dysfunction within the family roles in my family that I've, I'm, I've always been interested in that, but the Enneagram has really helped me understand that on a deeper level. And the, the, the podcast that I spoke of, they really talk, they bring together, he doesn't just deal with the Enneagram, he deals more with trauma-informed care. And for me, that has been like a, a real, like, inspiring thing to learn about, because the more I learn about it, the more I realize how powerful a tool that is along with the Enneagram. So let's um, kind of talk about the, those in two separate buckets. Let's stay on the Enneagram for a minute and then we'll move over and talk about integrating that into the trauma-informed care and where you see the intersections and the benefits of it. Um, so as, can you share a bit about your type with folks like, just a little more for folks who are going, I know about the Enneagram and the types, but tell me about Shannon's type. So can you give us the um, an overview of your type, your wing, if you know it, um, and then like some of your core motivations, fears, the things that um, mm -hmm. really you want, your desires, those types of things. Share a little bit more about you. Yeah, sure. Um, so the type nine is kind of falls under like the peacemaker type. So in other words, that they, they, they don't like con to be confrontational. They don't, they want everyone to be peace at peace. They want, they want to bring peace to every situation, every relationship. So for me, that means not being very direct or asserting myself when I, when it's needed. And so that's one area where I'm really learning to, 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 to kind of, hone in on that and realize when I'm doing that or, or not doing it. And so that's one area. Um, they, let's see what else about there's, you know, there, they talk about, um, the motivations of it. And, you know, again, it's, 
it's about creating a peaceful environment for the people around me. And, and for me, it's like, I, I get fearful when people get really angry or get upset. And I, and I kind of, I tend to retreat from that also. So that is a struggle for me, I think all the way through. And, um, I'm 50 years old and I'm like going, I gotta, I gotta get a handle on some of those areas that I'm struggling with. It's like, I want my relationship with my daughter and my son to be stronger. I want my grandchildren to have the benefits of that. And, and I've, I've over the years, I've always seen the codependent issues and things within my family. So I, and for myself, and I'm like, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to break that cycle for my kids. And I think I've done it to some degree, but I I'm seeing more and more like the levels of, Oh, I could do so much more. I could do so much better than where, where I've been. And so I guess that's, that's a, a little bit better picture. Yeah. Of, so, of what it looks like. Yeah. That's part of like, you talked about, like, I don't like conflict, right? That's an avoidance. We don't want that. And yes. when you feel really overwhelmed, like say you're in an environment where there's a lot of conflict going on, what would be your typical behavior? So I think I, I tend to get quiet and kind of avoid. And, or I, if I, if I feel like I have, I guess maybe with family, I might feel like I have a little more um, ability to speak into a situation, but a lot of times I just retreat. I, I don't want to, I don't want to get caught up in the, the drama and so then I, I avoid it. I guess that would probably be my first go-to. So that, and that's, that's not uncommon for a nine, mm -hmm. right? So, but yep. you've been working with that and changing some of that up and setting boundaries and speaking up more. So what were some of the first strategies you talked about getting deeper now, but when you first mm -hmm. started out pushing against that, like, oh, and I'm going to, I'm going to make different choices, right? you're reaching to grow yourself. What were some of the mm -hmm. first baby steps you took? So for me, again, it's easy to go right to the research end of like reading books and pod, listening to podcasts and, and trying to learn that from that direction. But also for me, it was doing working through like a, a book where it talks, it make, made me journal my thoughts and made me answer tough questions. And for me, that was very, you know, I've done that over the years off and on, but it, it was really helpful in terms of kind of from the Enneagram perspective, that was the, the way I did it. And it was like a, a book that, um, through, through, uh, the, your Enneagram coach that I had ordered and, and it was very, it was like a devotional book. And it, it gave me that, that framework of like making myself write it down, my thoughts. And so then that's honed my, okay, these are goals that I need to make for myself, you know, the things that I'm struggling with. So that was kind of the baby steps, the first steps I took. And then what happened after that? Um, so then I, you know, when things would come up within my, in my own family, um, situations, circumstances that were difficult, I started to, to speak up more and I started to, to kind of, um, uh, you know, address, address it more head on and, and at first it didn't look pretty at all. Like other people in my family were getting pretty upset <laughs> that I was doing that. And I was like, stand, you know, stay the course. Don't, don't back off. And I, and I was able to kind of in, be more intentional in, in speaking out. And that was a, a new thing for me to, to 
really put my my own thoughts and my own my own feelings into those situations and I could do it one-on-one with one of my kids or whatnot but like I think it's been I'm at the point now where I've I've I'm in counseling with my mom and it's been a very difficult struggle just to get her to go with me. But I I was like, mom, I love you. And I want us to have a better relationship. So please don't walk away from this. Let's, let's try to work through some of these things. And so all of this is new to her. So she's kind of overwhelmed by it, but it's like, I'm, I keep trying to encourage her as I go and say, you're you're a great mom, but these are things that I want to be better. And so that's been a huge, for me, that's just been a huge um, breakthrough personally. Absolutely. That really put yourself out there in requesting that and then continuing to encourage participation in it. Um, yes. When you first started doing that, what was your family's like where you said that they were kind of like, not so crazy about it. Did they think like what happened to our Shannon, who is normally just yes, so quiet? Absolutely. Yes, they were angry because they're like, wait, what are you doing to mom? And it's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm trying to make things better. And people were like, what was, what was, you know, it's like the family was like, what's my mom's like, I thought we had a good relationship. I'm like, we do, but we could be much better. (laughs) It's like, so that's, but that, that's been a painful process as well. It's not like it, it was simple to confront those issues and from all going all the way back to childhood. And I was like, mom, you didn't intend to give me wrong messages, wrong childhood messages. You didn't, I felt loved my whole life, but there's things there that because of the different crises in our family, we step into certain roles and we got stuck there and we're still doing it. (laughs) We're still doing those roles. So that's, that's been kind of a, a, a place for me to keep going back to and saying, I need to camp out there and I need to, I need to focus on that because, you know, so much of our childhood messages can be so damaging. And we make these, we make these like packs with ourselves when we get hurt. I'll never do that again. I'll never say this again. I'll never reach out again. I'll, you know, and it's those kind of things that create how we cope as adults and we and create a narrative like, right about how life correct. is and our role in it um and yep. then we live out that narrative and we don't question it because it's like a fish in the ocean right we're just doing our yes. thing um yes but changing our narrative it's possible but people do look at you sometimes like what happened and it's so uncomfortable when that first starts happening don't you think oh absolutely it's it's a you know, you got to work through the discomfort. And that's the thing that's like the self-talk even of saying, it's okay if if people, if family members lash out at you, you should expect it. Get ready. Like don't, don't cave to that um, disapproval or anger or whatever it is. Don't, don't step back just because it's easier. And you know, it's like when I'm in counseling, it's come up and it's like, well, they don't understand why you're doing this. I'm like, I don't expect them to understand it. <laughs> and and it's like, I have to be okay with that within myself. And that's a, a challenge as well. And knowing you, who you are and what is difficult for you, right? Does that help you have yes. grace and care for yourself differently? Like it's, it's, it's kind of how I'm hardwired, right? And I know it's it uncomfortable, is. but I'm going to stay in my ground. Yes. And that's what the Enneagram has done for me too, to say, oh, now I get it. Okay. This, this tendency that I have, that's how I'm wired and it's okay. 
each each type has their struggles and their challenges and it's like i'm i've come to appreciate that on a much respected and and appreciate on a much deeper level you know the and and not be judgment as judgmental even of other people who are different from me and and also understanding how my reactions impact other people and how they see me and it's like well how can i change that narrative <laughs> so yeah. Well, and really, we do. We have this story in our head, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's just how it plays out because we created it, or the we created it to cope, like you said, when we're young and we don't understand or don't have control, whatever. Um, yeah. But we can choose differently now and say, but I want this narrative. But getting from yes. here to the new narrative takes some work. You don't just wake up and go, ta-da, I'm there, right? <laughs> there are some <laughs> uncomfortable true. moments. It's it's very much a journey of two steps forward, one step back. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about your experience. Um, So you know a thing or two about working with folks in trauma-informed care, watching the effects of trauma on people, and both in your professional life and then in your own life. Um, Talk a little bit more about how you see, I'm fast-forwarding you, into the future, but how you see integrating more the work, if someone was a trauma-informed therapist, how the Enneagram could help them more, or if someone is working with someone um, as a therapist and they see that's going on with someone, how how even if they just knew the Enneagram, even if they weren't using it on the client, would help them understand what they're looking at more. So um, I guess I would say that you know, there, there's nine different types. So we all come at things from different motivations. And so when you understand that and you can can launch from that type of framework, you can, it, it, it assists you personally and, you know, in a coaching setting of like saying, okay, where, where are you struggling the most? And you're in these different weaknesses that you have or struggles. And, and it's that ability to kind of help you kind of give that get that framework and then be able to hone in i guess on on more of your struggles and um whether it be personal you know in your personal life or or in a business you know launching a business whatever it might be so um i'm trying to think how else i can phrase that um i mean for me it's breaking cycles of dysfunction and it's it's understanding that and it's it's the enneagram has given me more of a an open door to pursue that where before i understood those things but i didn't have a uh, i didn't feel like i had a i knew how to go about that how to go how to move forward in making those those healthier changes more of a static, like here's the situation. You could describe the situation without having like, what are my, but what am I, what am I to do with that? Like, what are my next steps right. for myself or for others? You know, what would be some good next steps for them? Yes, um, yes. Because the whole purpose is so that we can grow into a better version of ourselves and not live in our old yes. narratives. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I go ahead. No, go finish your thought. I was just going to say, um, my desire to start coaching with the, with the Enneagram is to, is I want to inspire others to heal and grow through the Enneagram knowledge. And, and I feel like it's such a, 
powerful tool to bring you to that awareness, self-awareness and awareness of the people around you, whether it's people at work or people in your family, but it's about be, it's about inspiring and, and encouraging others to take that next step. And it is scary to do that at times, but it's, it's also like freeing and, you know, allowing, giving yourself the grace to fail and to make mistakes. And it's, it's, you know, it's being able to um, understand that that's part of the process and the journey. There's really no destination, right? It's a, <laughs> yeah. I think about, I actually, I think, I think about a lot of stuff, but um, you know, it's like people go, okay, so I'll finally be the perfect nine in your case, right? Oh, I'm just going to get there. And then you're going, no, it's not static. Once you get no. there, quote unquote, you look down, you go, oh, there's a new layer. Here we go. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> there is no end point, right? It's a, it's a growth that brings you higher and closer in spiritual development, personal development, all of that. Yeah. Would, would you agree? Absolutely. I think there's, there's so much of that in the, in the process of working through things and self-knowledge and, and just any kind of growth. Um, it's, it's a struggle and you, you have to be up for the challenge. You have to be willing to, to get hurt and willing to, you know, keep moving forward in that and allow yourself to, to fail, allow and, and forgive yourself as well. Um, I feel like I've spent, um, I'm, I was divorced and then I, and then I remarried eight years later and divorced again. And it, that was an abusive relationship. And it was very challenging for me and my kids, very difficult. And one, one thing I wanted to share was that for me going through that, I had, you know, I was overcoming those obstacles over the, the, the last 20 years. And so I was trying really hard to say, I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to become bitter from my circumstances. I'm going to become better. I'm not going to allow my disappointments to, to make me better as a person. I want to be that person that people can still come to and, and feel warmth and feel love and feel compassion through. And so for me, I watched, you know, my kids had to go through their own journey after the divorce of like with, with the second marriage where they had to work through their pain and we kind of were on the outs with each other for off and on for a few years. And it was a very painful time for me of surrendering to God and saying, okay, God, it's in your hands. I can't fix this. And that journey was very hard for me, but it was also freeing. And it's like, I look back on that time and my son, he was going through counseling while he was still finishing up high school. And this is, you know, a couple of years after my divorce and he, he really grew through that and it launched him into sharing his story publicly, working with the locally, the family justice center, which deals with domestic violence. And he became like a platform. He, he actually spoke in a diff couple different settings where he, he was actually went to New York city and was spoke in a, and to the court system, people, judges and lawyers and shared his story. And it was an incredibly powerful platform to share what they were doing here in Buffalo with the Family Justice Center. And it was an incredible thing. And I can actually say that I watched him and the impact he had on so many people. And I was like, wow, you know, I don't have to sit back and be silent. I can share my story to help other people. <laughs> so that that's like a little snippet of my, my story. Cause I was like, wow, it really, 
it really opened a door for me too. Cause I was like, wow, look at the impact he's had. And yep. he's been so courageous in sharing that. And especially as a young man, he was 20, 21 when he was sharing his story. And it was like, people didn't hear young, young men talk about domestic violence in that way from their perspective. So that was a really powerful thing to watch. Do you have any sense of what his Enneagram type is? Oh, he's a type nine, just like me. I'm a type nine with a one, a one wing. And I see where both of those come into my, my personality and my, you know, my goals. I see how that's really framed, you know, it's really um, impacted me. Um, so yeah, it's interesting when you, when you start to break it down, what that looks like for each person, it's very interesting to, to delve into that. <laughs> but how much more special is that recognizing that you share some of the same core fears and motivations, and then he can be this inspiring thing for you, just as you want to be with and for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I felt the need to share that story because it was a, a real eye-opening moment for me that my own son could be, that I learned something so powerful <laughs> through his example. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing to watch. Well, I can tell when you're sharing that, like it does lighten you up to just visualize yep. that. And, and I think we all need those things we for do. us, especially when it's people like, um, like you share common things with him. And so there's that thing, like when it's hard for us to stand up for ourselves or to reach out or try something or, you know, just break a story, an old storyline that doesn't fit. It's good to know, well, they're pretty much like me. Yes, they might be different in these ways. They did it. I can do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I want to know if you met eight-year-old Shannon, maybe you're just <laughs> walking down the street and there she is. Right. And now you know what you know about life experience, but a little even more importantly, who you are as a nine with a one wing, what piece of advice might you give to her that would help smooth her way forward? Assuming that nowhere is a bad place. I mean, you ended up where you are now, right? But what piece of advice might you give her? Um, I think I would, I would say not to be so afraid of, of people and, and, to be willing to uh, take a risk and take a chance and um and just to recognize i guess that you know not not to be ashamed of who i am i guess and be be okay be comfortable in that and being being myself um i think that probably would have would have helped me a lot <laughs> to to rec to hear those things absolutely um and then as you go forward what are you most excited about with the Enneagram? Are you going to launch formally, do you think? Are you going to hold off for a while, more studying you're doing? What's next for you? I'm So I, I do want to launch it. I don't have an actual deadline or timeline for when I want to start that, but I, um, I'm, since I'm spending a lot of time in this personal work of like doing some counseling and things, I also want to get coached by another Enneagram coach so I can learn from both perspectives, um, what it looks like. And so I feel like I need to let myself go through that process before I officially launch into coaching. And so that's, I think that would be that, that kind of goal I have in, in terms of career. Um, 
And it's something that I kind of, I guess I see myself as, as I get closer to retirement, that I would, that I would spend more and more time in the Enneagram coaching. And that's kind of my goal is to kind of slowly um, branch out into that and, and market myself and see where it leads. So that's, that's where I'm coming from with that. Thank you. That is excellent. Um, Well, I want to thank you for being a guest on the No Labels, No Limits podcast, because you've just given some really concrete ways that we can remove some limits, definitely remove the labels, and some inspiration for folks listening. And that's always my goal is that um, one or I know there's at least one or many people will be inspired by your story, maybe the story about your son, who knows, and then they will be brave enough to take a step. Um, and I would also ask that when you decide it's time to go live on your business, that you reach out so we can talk again, because I would love to support you in that effort. Thank you. I would love to do that. Absolutely. All right. I'll hold you to it. (laughs) Okay. That's it for this episode, friends. Um, please, if you know someone who would benefit from Shannon's story, share this episode, rate and review us, follow the podcast on LinkedIn. Um, Just stay connected so that you can meet more great people who are breaking labels and limits so they can live full out in their lives. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.